Have you been wanting to invest, but just don't know where to start? Or maybe you have a fear of missing out, but you're scared to take the leap. Or you're a student, just like me, and feel that your status or maybe your limited income are what's keeping you from getting into the game. Well, the Streams on Streams podcast is meant to break down all of those myths and barriers. This podcast is meant to educate and empower everyone from students to professionals to create a life of financial freedom. So join us as we take you through our journey into investing in business, as well as interviewing high-performing investors and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get into the episode. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Streams on Streams podcast. My name is Shikari. I'm here with... What's up, guys? It's Casey. Let's talk about some money. I am ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Take it away, Shikari. All right. So today we have a guest with us. Goes by the Millennial Analyst. Um, I'll let him introduce himself and explain what he does. So today we have Zane. So Zane, if you could go ahead and just tell people what you do, who you are, and um, yeah, give us some background. All right. Well, hello, I'm Zane, aka Zane the Analyst or the Millennial Analyst. Um, So I basically, I've been in the trading game for about seven years and I picked up financial coaching probably about a year after. So I've been doing that for six years. And uh, what I basically do is I'm that personal financial coach um, for my clients. You know, every payday, they'll get a text from me. You know, I'll go over their budget and I'll be like, hey, today's payday. You need to put this, you know, into this account and, you know, invest in this a little bit. You know, I'm basically that accountability partner as well as, you know, educator for my clients. You know, I'm always giving them updates on what's going on in the market and, you know, as well as sharing budgeting tools, different things of that nature. Great, great. So Casey, you want to start where? Um, I mean, just from you saying that, my mind went a lot of different places, but hopefully Mm -hmm. this is a question you may not get a lot. Um, I'm interested to know, um, since you mentioned like being that accountability partner um, to make sure people are investing right and saving right, have you ever come across um, people who start making a lot of money after working with you for a little bit or their their situation changes? Um, How does your advice um, change for them as their life changes? And they're like, oh shoot, now I have all this excess of money. It's a totally different problem, which is a good problem to have. Right. How does, how do you, how do you help them navigate through that? Uh, I'm just interested to know, cause I want to get to that top money place and right. I want to be prepared. Right. So I'm right. Just interested. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I work with a lot of different people. Um, a lot of that tends to happen with the medical professionals that I work with, you know, they'll, um, be toward the ending years of their, you know, of med school or their residency, and they'll actually be able to make $50, $60 an hour, um, you know, working 12-hour shifts. And, you know, I, we tend to have to meet up, you know, and it's like another level of financial education, right? You know, all that money's coming in, um, you know, before it gets to their head or before they start to increase their lifestyle, I sit down with them and... I actually go over what wealth is and what building wealth is, right? You know, when you get that income, you know, let's keep your lifestyle the same and nab and, you know, rotate. Let's pay down a lot of this debt. Um, let's change your investment vehicles now that you have more to invest. You know, a lot of different options start to open up once you get a lot of income coming in. I love it. I love it. That's where I just want to 
when it's a start, right. like, all right, you can take it. You can take the next one from here. Right. I love how you said, um, like, the, the lifestyle increase, right? Because I saw something right. about that. So my thing is, so what are what is the groundwork? What are you laying out for your clients? Maybe even the clients that have that increase in income, but also just the ones that are starting from maybe a, a more beginner position. What's the groundwork that you lay with your, your clients before investing, um, like, the budgeting? How does that work? All right. So... My main goal for all my clients is how can you make the right decisions with your money, but also live a comfortable, fun lifestyle, right? We don't want to, I don't really want my clients to have to choose between the both. Let's just make both sustainable in your current situation while doing the things to, you know, upgrade your lifestyle or upgrade your situation as far as like income and different things of that nature. So that's kind of the groundwork. Um, that I lay, right? So we'll take your income and I'll say, all right, you know, this is the type of lifestyle you're living on this income. How can we make the little tweaks here and there to get you moving in the right direction, you know? So let's say somebody's coming to me right out of college and they're making an entry level, you know, salary. I'm gonna say, hey, if you haven't saved up anything up until this point, let's start small. Save eight to 10% of your income, right? So we'll calculate that out. When payday comes, you know, I'll shoot them that text. Hey, you need to put, you know, $110 into your account. See if you can last till the next payday um, doing that, right? And I'll try to get them doing that for three, four months before I go on to any other changes, right? So three, four months will pass and I'll be like, all right, cool. Let's start to save, you know, 12%, right? Or I'll say, good job doing that. Let's take, you know, 5% and put it towards a hobby that you've always been wanting to do, you know, something like that, right? So I always try to balance lifestyle and financial habits. Right. So, so, oh my God. You, you gotta go, 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 go. I got plenty. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking strategy. What is the mindset behind that? Because you mentioned that a little bit before about like, it's building wealth, right? right? So can you discuss a little bit of the mindset, even for yourself, like how, how that transition happened for you and, and if you see it in your clients? Right. So as far as the mindset goes, it's really just taking that educator role, right? You know, when I first graduated college, you know, having a thousand dollar credit card was out of this world to me. You know what I mean? But I actually sent my clients down and I'm saying, hey, if you, with this small amount of money and these small changes, you actually can get credit cards that are up to 50,000. You know what I'm saying? To where you can now chase different business goals, different things of that nature. So really explaining that long view to my clients is really what gets them in that right mindset to make those small changes now. You know, I try to keep my clients motivated, you know, especially during, you know, COVID times, different things may happen always try to keep them motivated to keep pushing toward their financial goals. Do you have any um, pet peeves when working with, you know, the different range of people when they come to you with either different questions or different problems? Um, are there any pet peeves that come up? Um, man. Or just like funny <laughs> Honestly, things like, yeah. I mean, man, um, I wouldn't say I have any particular pet peeves. Um, because I try to be real sympathetic 
a lot of people are coming from different financial backgrounds and there's so much misinformation on the internet you know people will come to me with a whole plethora of like different ideas you know whether it's forex whether it's options or you know any wide variety of um you know information it's really about trying to you know debug those and you know kind of really get them on that right healthy financial track and i will slip another one in there do you or i'll, I'll phrase it like this like what mm -hmm. do you if you had a wish like it's what people knew about money or what you wish people knew about money and building wealth does anything come to mind um from what you hear people come to you with versus like what they really need to know versus like what they want to know. Mm. Yeah. Told y'all I had some. I had yeah, some. yeah, yeah. That's a good one, man. I mean, I don't know uh, anything besides just, you know, the, the main basic logic that it doesn't happen overnight and that it happens through small change, small, sustainable change, you know, but you know, I don't really have just one wish because there are so many different things that people come to me with every single day. So it's always something different. Gotcha. Loved it. Loved it. Jakar, you got the next one before I ramble. <laughs> oh, you're on. You're on, you're on mute. Oh, whoops. So you mentioned how you like certain tweaks can increase like credit limits, right? Like you can mm -hmm. go from a thousand to fifty thousand. What are some of the like? ventures that you would recommend to a client because like there's with the credit limit like that there's real estate there's business there's right. all these things right. what are some of the things that like you you have worked with the client for that right so a few different things um clothing lines you mm -hmm. know with when you're spending your money right and you're really responsible with credit you can do a wide range of businesses right so my most recent client was someone running a clothing line. Um, before that, um, he had actually <clears throat> taken over somebody's lease. It was a low lease payment. Um, it was a low insurance. And now they're, he's renting that car out um, to people to you know do Uber and DoorDash with, making some extra income, as well as paying that credit um, bill down. And before that, I believe it was actually a rock band. Um, oh wow! They're able to, yeah. They're able to raise their credit limit. Um, you know, get some extra equipment, book some gigs. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. really just about having that smart financial habits with the cards. Mm -hmm. Right, and there's, and there's a big like um, emphasis on cash flow with that, right? Like making sure right. that when you're venturing into that, you have cash flow to pay off right. that limit. So what are some of the tools that you would recommend for listeners? Like, because our, our demographic is kind of like in college or the mm -hmm. gap between college and maybe grad school or and, you right. know, college into their career. So what are some of the tools that you would like recommend? Recommend. Um, if you're first starting out with credit, definitely start with a secure credit card, right? If you're first starting out, um, that gives you like the, you know, the patchwork, the, you know, the, the beginning of, good financial habits right and it's low risk because you're giving them that deposit up front so mm -hmm. that gives you like a good start to your credit building some credit history you know paying your bills on time especially utilities things of that nature you really want to protect your credit now 
if you're someone like me who actually is coming out of college with you know maybe a few delinquencies um you know not the best credit i would definitely say do your due diligence and start removing some of those bad things off your credit you know um one by one start small you know schedule out a saturday or two saturdays where you say hey i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna look at my credit score um you know i'm gonna write some letters i'm going to you know um really just work on your credit so i definitely say um you know do that another thing if you're graduating with you know decent or good credit right i would actually still sit down take the time to learn more about credit and learn the best ways to maximize things right they always say you know keep your credit utilization under 30 percent with my clients i really recommend two to nine percent right mm. <clears throat> and you know really operating within that until you really start unlocking a lot of the credit secrets, you know, in the bank where you can get that $15,000 limit, you know, $25,000 limit. Okay, that's dope. So can you discuss a little bit of the reasoning behind the two to 9%? Because that's super interesting. I've never heard that before. I've always heard the 30%. Right. Can, you, can you dive a little bit more into that? All right, so um, basically <clears throat> the underwriters that are underwriting these credit cards that underwrite the loans at the banks, different things like that. Um, they actually come up with that number as far as like who they're gonna approve just based on the how well the bank is doing, how well the economy is, um, different things of that nature. So, you know, just from my personal research and you know, the different underwriters I know at Chase, Bank of America, they actually recommended that number to me. So mm -hmm. I recommend that number to my clients. That's dope. Right? Do you got right. anything? That 2 to 9% yes. sounds really small, mm -hmm. but when you're working with a credit limit of 15K, of 30K, right. then you can really make some damage. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Don't shoot for that 2,000, that $5,000 mm -hmm. credit limit because they'll give you that right off the bat mm -hmm. if you have decent credit. If you have a 700, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You want to aim a lot higher than that and that's why I really try to sit down and take the time to educate my clients on what they really can do what type of potential they really can unlock that's dope but I'm sorry go ahead no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no there's so many avenues we can go down with all these different topics but um kind of going off of what you were saying how do you uh help your clients think through um diversifying their money attention versus like focusing like what they need to do and get done and not just like diversifying in the stock market, but you know, if they have credit card debt versus I do want to invest in Apple, but I want to do real estate, but I have a child on the way, but like, how do you help them think through like trying to diversify versus focus, focusing, especially if they have just one or maybe two uh, sources of income. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of do something similar to like the Warren Buffett method. Mm -hmm. to where we actually sit down and map out all these different options and ideas you have in your head. And once it's down on paper, then you'd be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, a good idea. Or, oh yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, why was I even thinking <laughs> of that? And we kind of just go down the list and mm -hmm. we kind of, kind of see, you know, it'll kind of come out to being like, I actually, it's realistic 
for me to take on this. You know, I actually have the time to do this and this is reasonable and this is actually within my goals. So it's really about just having a discussion, you know? If someone says, hey, I wanna make a million dollars by 30 and you're 22, okay, let's map that out. How much would you have to make per month right now and how much would it have to increase over the years? How many different things would you have to do? You know what I'm saying? And really just getting it down to that monthly basis. And um, once you do that, it becomes a lot more realistic and you start to see like what you can really take on and you know where you want to start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's really just about having that discussion. That's perfect. That's perfect. Can we can we hop into um, election market um, news and stuff going oh, on? Because I've been looking yeah. at my brokerage <laughs> account and one day it was up and it went down and I was like, tomorrow's yeah. going to be another red day. Let me buy some and it'll put back up. What What's going on here? Man, honestly, it's like, uh, even though, you know, Biden is the president-elect and things like that, I'm still seeing a lot of fighting on both sides of the market. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of rushing into, you know, the weed stocks or, you know, with Biden, you know, being president-elect and different things like that. Um but right for right now, it's a toss-up only because, <clears throat> all right, for example, a lot of people have been saying, you know, with Biden about to be president, let's get into the weed stocks, right? But he's also, you know, looking into student loans and erasing um, student loan debt. You don't really know how the overall market will react to that, right? So, you know, first of all, with a lot of my clients, I tell them to do long-term investing, right? So you're investing in the Dow and the S&P, you know, a lot of the top companies and that's it. You're just investing, right? So you're taking a small portion of your check every month and you're putting it into these companies no matter what happens, right? You know, this year it's been really shaky and, you know, a lot of people don't know is that, you know, when something like COVID happens and the market tanks, companies use that opportunity to get a lot of the bad stuff, you know, or the bad news that's been going on about their company out as well at the same time so that it doesn't hit them later when they're trying to raise money or any other time. So you're going to see that dip. But if it's a company that you've really looked into, you believe the values, you know, a company like Apple that I really like, they raised a lot of money and, you know, they might take some hits here and there, but they've been pretty well over the long term. Um, I just tell them, don't pay attention to any of the short-term news. Just keep consistently investing. And over, you know, 10, 15 years, you'll see that huge growth. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. Mm-hmm. Right. Take it away. Take it away. Yeah. So <laughs> what are some of the things that maybe you look for or you, or you tell your clients to look for when um, investing in a company? I know you said the top and like the doubt in the on the Dow and the NASDAQ, things like that. But are there any other um, criteria for going into your portfolio or going into one of your clients' portfolios? Yeah, right. So um, a lot of my clients are beginner investors. Mm -hmm. And what I tell them to do is to, you know, um, I'll pull up, you know, the charts. I'll, you know, look at the price over the long term. Has it steadily been increasing? You know, things such as like dividend payout rates, how well do they pay their dividends and do, and if they pay dividends, I also have them look at like news on the company. How well do they handle like 
you know, media disasters and are they investing in other businesses, different things like that. And, you know, I'll have them start small. So I'll just say, you know, just look up the previous news on the company. Tell me what you find. And, you know, if it meets, you know, your criteria as far as it being a good company from your perspective, then we'll start putting some money into it, um, you know, one by one, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, and the thing I like that's happening now is that there's a lot of micro investing apps, right? Mm -hmm. So for my clients that may be in a certain situation where they're paying off, you know, a lot of debt or they're really cleaning up their financial mistakes, I'll say, hey, let's still take $50 and let's find three companies that you like, split up that $50 in three, and then, you know, put them into each company and just see how it does. So that when they've cleaned up their financial mistakes and now they got an extra band a month, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For example, to put into these companies, they've already had practice learning about which companies to pick and their favorite companies. Right. Right. Apps like Stash, M1 Finance, kind of like that. Stash, yeah. M1, um, you know, Robinhood's been a little shaky lately. Yeah. <laughs> but there are another one, Acorns, for, mm -hmm. you know, the real beginner investors. There's a lot of them out there. So definitely utilize those apps. Um, when you have some time, it does not have to be daily. You know, I know everybody wants to be a day trader, mm -hmm. but I recommend that you really only look at the market maybe once or twice a month as an investor, a long-term investor, right? We all start off as long-term investors. And then as you get better and better, you can start to look at stocks more on a weekly basis or a daily basis, if that's your goal, you know? Right. And I'd be on my phone looking at that thing every day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, much, how do you get your, if people are out there like me, like your clients like me, like just watching that, you know, watching it two, three times a day, can you get them to stop? How do you how do you get them off that? Because I'm I'll be struggling. I mean, so I mean, if you're really into that, I'm not gonna fight against you, right? Like okay. I said, there's like a lot of micro investing apps where you can, you know, on Robinhood, they're even doing things like options and things of that nature. If you want to do do those things, fine with me. But let's practice, right? And use a small amount of money first. Let's get you the basics, right? I give a lot of my clients, you know, beginning options books, you know, beginning Forex books, you know, so they can really educate themselves, use a small amount of money first to practice so that when you start getting more money, you're a lot smarter with it, you know? Perfect. Right. I think the, the thing about, because I definitely want to get into it with options and, and Forex like that, the general things yeah. like we see people on social media and we're like, oh, they made that much in a day like 5k in a day i can do that yeah. <laughs> they did 10k yeah. so and the Man. thing about it with options is there's so many different there's scalping there's you know the the long term there's all these different long ways yeah. so can you just talk a little bit about i guess it's fomo but can you just talk a little bit about yeah, like the the philosophy behind that man um i have to compare it to a casino mm -hmm. it's really the same thing um, just like you can see 5k up in one day, you can see 10k down the next day. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's so easy to screenshot things and put it on social media or, mm -hmm. you know, screen record. And, you know, you'll never get anywhere looking at things like that. You know what I'm saying? To, you know, I, I'm an investment banker. Um, and I work for my company's options desk. 
And, you know, I see the, you know, the philosophies that they use and different things of that nature. And, you know, you really have to get a good understanding of options in order to really trade it and be profitable. You know, I try to tell people, you know, the options traders at my job been in the industry 10, 20, 30 years, right? And they're only trying to make 0.001% profit on however much the company can bring in. So whether that be like, you know, 30 million, 40 million, whatever the case may be, but they're only trying to make 0.001% profit and they've been in the game for 10, 20, 30 years. What should that tell you? You know what I'm saying? You really have to be reserved and you have to really think of, you know, the money over the long term um, when it comes to things like that, you know? So mm -hmm. don't get caught up in the rush. Don't throw your money into an account, um, you know, because it's very easy to lose. You know, a lot of times they call, call your margin based on your broker and you'll end up owing them money. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people tell you about that part, but, you know, just be careful when it comes to any of those high risk um, trading trading yeah right right mm -hmm. i mean we were listening because casey put me on to mark monroe and when he kind of delved a little bit into the background of it like it mm -hmm. kind of opened my perspective of how like they're betting against like um retail investors and retail traders right like, kind of in a way like it's kind of rigged right. against you and if you don't understand the way they're thinking then you're just kind of putting yourself in a, a bit of a hole right right they're literally sitting behind the screen and they're seeing all the contracts that you're executing. You know what I'm saying? They're seeing, hey, 100,000 people bought at this price or, you know, 300,000 people sold at this price and they're trading based off of that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's binary trading. There's two sides to every trade. So there's always a winner. There's always a loser. You know what I mean? And in order to beat that, it really takes a wide understanding of the market a lot of technical analysis and, you know, understanding the fundamentals. Right, right. Yeah, I guess that brings me to now like circle all the way back now that you talked about <laughs> your career, your, I guess, day job. Like what yeah, got you into investing and what you're doing now? So you mean my doing my day job or like the financial coaching on the side? Uh, uh, both. Like how did you get interested in finance overall to do um, both of what you're doing now? Okay, so uh, my grandfather was actually an accountant, um, you know, way back in the day in Jamaica, and he would fly all over the world, um, you know, doing, you know, doing accounting for, you know, different things. So that's kind of what got me into finance originally. Um, and when I entered finance, I actually started to look at the markets and I was interested in trading and different things like that. Um, so I actually was, you know, putting people on to, you know, the market, the stock market, looking at trading, what to invest in and different things like that. Um, and yeah, once I started my trading journey, um, you know, probably like six months to a year, I actually realized how important it was to have your personal finances together. And that, you know, having that security actually translates into becoming a better trader, right? So I actually spent, after learning about the markets for you know six months to a year, I spent another year, maybe year and a half, 
really focusing on my personal financial habits. And once I saw how big of a difference that made, I was like, nah, I gotta put everybody onto this. Cause it really just, I felt like I changed my whole life course just in a year and a half of focusing on saving 10% of my income, you know, of learning about, you know, the 401k, opening up an IRA and really just having that background so that when I do put money into the market, I'm not too emotionally tied, you know, tied to it, you know, and I'm thinking with a level head. So that's really what shot me into the financial coaching game. You know what I'm saying? I started learning about statistics, how most people in the U.S. can't even handle a $400 emergency. You know what I mean? Things of that nature. So that's when I really started giving out, you know, game and really trying to get people to better their financial habits. Right, right. Okay. And so you said like a year and a half of just focusing, is that the usual time frame for your clients? Like, because people, when they get into the finance mindset and they're thinking about building Mm -hmm. wealth or generational wealth, they want it like now they want the results. They want to see it in their portfolio and their bank accounts things. So what are, I guess you could say, what's a general time frame to get your personal finance in check, but then also like, what are some of the things that you tell your clients to reassure them that like, look, you might not see it now, but you'll see it pay off, you know, five, yeah. 10, 15 years from now. Right. Um, man, it's different in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it took me a year and a half with no type of mentorship, just on Google searching things. Um, I would say the average time for my clients to see a difference to where they're motivated on their own to keep going and their motivation is not really coming from me i would definitely say six to eight months is about the time that it takes from them to see like a huge difference whether it's like they don't have as much credit card debt or they've saved more money than they ever had before um that's kind of the time frame it takes I have I have my fun questions at the end, Jakari, our little battle. Uh, <laughs> right. So if you have any more, go ahead. Then I'll, I guess we can end with our little fun question. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Are there any things that you're looking forward to in the market is in the future? Like, you know, I know we're going to have four years of Biden. There's certain maybe sectors that might um, benefit from this. Or are there any things that you're looking forward to? Um, man. Honestly, having a Democratic president has always been better for the stock market over the long term. So I'm really interested in really just seeing like nice, consistent gains in my portfolio, um, you know, in my 401k and my IRA, because it's definitely been up and down a lot this year. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, I'm not really too sure about the weed stocks, Mm -hmm. but I will say you will see a lot more direct investments into weed businesses once a lot of the states really start opening up to, mm-hmm. you know, recreational use, different things like that. So that's actually what I'm more excited to see versus the actual stock market investing side of that. Okay. I got to look into those. Yeah. yeah. They're starting to pop up, you know, places mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm starting to see a lot of black owned ones as well too. Right. So, you know, that's always good. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. All right, Casey, take it away. Yeah, so this is just kind of like a would you rather or versus type of stock thing. So I'll be like, would you rather this stock or that stock? Would you rather 
this side hustle or that side hustle. So uh, first mm -hmm. two, um, if you had to choose for your portfolio or maybe even one of your clients, um, the stock Nike or Lululemon, which one would you pick? Definitely Nike. Perfect. And why? Um, well, for my clients, I would definitely say just on a broad basis to it's better to invest in a company that you can know off rip and that you believe in. And, you know, you've seen their marketing campaigns, you know, even with the Colin Kaepernick commercial, you know, went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Their, um, their financials are looking pretty consistent. I do have a few concerns about, you know, some places there, but I still have them in my um, portfolio. So I definitely say Nike. Love it. You know. McDonald's or Chipotle? Definitely McDonald's. Travis Scott <laughs> collab, <laughs> um, Bad Bunny collab. Yes. And, you know, you know, just off rip, when I think Chipotle and I think, you know, news, they haven't been on the best side of news as of late. <laughs> I can definitely tell you that. So mm -hmm. definitely McDonald's. Even when I was working there, it was like every three months, don't give out lettuce, like, Tell them yeah, that's very scary. <laughs> I went there for the salad bowls, you know, yeah. originally. So it's like, what have I been eating? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one. Um, this is for the chip stocks, the the technology chips. Uh, AMD mm. or NVIDIA? Mm. NVIDIA, definitely. Definitely NVIDIA. That's a... <sighs> I haven't, I haven't came to my conclusion yet. Why, why NVIDIA for you? Uh, okay, so I guess I have a behind the scenes look, <laughs> but oh, the volume has been crazy <laughs> in <laughs> NVIDIA. Um, so I definitely see like a lot of opportunities there on mm. the street and kind of just like, you know, Wall Street has kind of like some chatter and stuff like that you hear from different traders. And I would definitely go with NVIDIA right now. Okay. Uh, I got both, so I guess I'm 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 safe. Yeah, um, yeah. Then, then last one is Yeah, yeah. Then last one is um more of a side hustle one. Would you rather start a vending machine little side hustle or start mm -hmm. something within e-commerce? Mm. Mm, that's a good one. E-commerce, definitely. E-commerce. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, just a wider range, you know, and just a lot more options when it comes to e-commerce. Right. Good. I loved it. That was cool. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, like that little segment. <laughs> yeah, right. Casey, yeah. He, he has some good ones. I, the another one was we had to pick teams or whatever. That one was, mm -hmm. that was dope. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. Can you tell people where they can find you if they want to reach out to you, work with you? Um, ask for advice, any of that good stuff, where can they find you? Um, so I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Zane the Analyst. DM me anytime. You know, I'm up for most of the day. Um, you can email me at ZaneTheAnalyst at gmail.com. Check out my blog site, ZaneTheAnalyst.com. You know, so any one of those works. Dope, dope. Right. Any if questions about the stock market? Any credit questions? I got you, man. Just hit me up. Right. Casey, got anything to add? That is it. I wanted to end with the with the little fun segment, see what he wanted on his team. 
and just to help people out if they're going through that kind of battle and they like picking stocks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Thought it'd be cool to mm-hmm. to get your perspective. So I appreciate it. Take us away. Yeah, man. Anytime. Yep. So thank you for tuning in. Um, tap in with Zane on Instagram, Twitter, his blog, all of that good stuff. Um, and we will see you next episode. That's it, everyone. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of the Streams on Streams podcast. For more information and updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Streams on Streams podcast. And once again, thank you for tuning in. This podcast is sponsored by the Streams Academy, the ultimate financial academy for high school and college students that breaks down the basics of creating additional income streams, investing, and more. To find out more, just click the link in the episode description. And thank you again for tuning in.